Welcome to the BBSI Entrepreneurs Podcast, the show where we talk about the challenges business owners face every day. We'll share the insights and tools you need to define your business strategy, better manage your teams, and mitigate any risks standing in the way of your success. I'm your host, Lauren Gelfand, Director of Marketing and Communications at BBSI. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, we'll be talking to our Senior Vice President of Organizational Development, Daryl Wagner, about how to develop a killer employee benefits program. Daryl, welcome to the show. Thanks, Lauren. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to have you on this inaugural podcast. Before we jump into the questions today, I wanted to get a little background. I know that you previously ran one of our branches and have quite a background in business. So will you just tell us a little bit about your past? Yeah, happy to. So I've been with BBSI for 10 years now. Uh, I started with BBSI in business development, building out our PEO and staffing business in the great state of Utah and built up our branch in Salt Lake City to a good size and eventually moved to California and started running one of our branches in Temecula, California. So shout out to all my Temecula peeps. Love Southern California. Had a great time doing that. Had a lot of lot of chance to work with business owners. You know, I've, I've had the chance to, to sell our products, to service our clients, to take care of the clients on the client end, to manage our operations in the field, to manage operations at the corporate office. So I, I feel like I've gotten a good chance to kind of see all the different aspects of what we do and, and how what we do actually impacts business owners. Prior to coming to BBSI, I I was a business owner. I've owned a few different businesses with multiple employees. I've worked for large organizations, small organizations. I love it here because I'm passionate about helping those business owners. Having having been in those shoes, I I want them to succeed. I think that's fantastic. And and that's a lot of great experience that you have to uh, lend to, especially this topic we're going to talk to today, which is one that's close to my heart. It's something that I've actually felt the impact that you've made on our own benefit programs here. So I'm excited to kind of dive in and, and talk about that. So I think just to start, let's talk about what is an employee benefit program. We know today that labor markets are tight. It's hard to hire employees and it's hard to keep employees. And one of the great ways to do that is with very attractive benefits. So what, in your opinion, makes up a great employee benefit program? Yeah, good question. You mentioned the benefits are near and dear to your heart. I think they're near and dear to everybody's heart. Our own health and well-being and the health and well-being of our families, I think, is always preeminent in most people's minds. And so consequently, for employees across all organizations, benefits is a big deal. I tend to think about benefits a lot. I'm a little bit of a psychology nerd. So, you know, I think about it in terms of something that's called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. which is Maslow basically had this theory that if you don't take care of the most basic fundamentals of life, it's hard to worry about the bigger picture things, right? So it's really hard for employees, I think, to do great work and to be innovative and creative and do all sorts of things if they don't know their own needs and their family needs are taken care of. So I tend to think of it as employee benefits as a way to help employees feel like those needs are taken care of so that they can put all their creativity and and energy and excitement into getting the job done for your company. It's a way for employers to help their employees feel taken care of so that they can give back to the organization. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. And I know that, yeah, when you feel taken care of, you can do your work without worrying about all the other things. But I know that benefits encompasses even more than that, right? There's all kinds of interesting perks and Mm -hmm. different things. Of course, there's the required side of employee benefits. Sure. There's the federal government requires 
employees allowed time to vote, to serve on jury duty, to perform military service, of course, complying with all workers' compensation requirements, mm-hmm. paying taxes towards unemployment insurance, short-term disability insurance, FMLA, all that stuff that you know the business owners are thinking about and, and making sure they're taken care of. But there's so much more beyond that, I think, that really allows different companies to stand out. Yeah. And that really helps attract talent, right? I think so. So, you know, you talk about the requirements, right? There are certain requirements that the federal government has. Different states have different requirements for what they require in terms of retirement programs and benefits and all these things. But I think if if companies are focusing on the minimum requirements, they're missing a big part of the picture because we don't live in a world anymore of you can get by with the minimum requirements. We're especially, you know, this was there prior to the COVID pandemic, but especially since the COVID pandemic, we're in this weird, unprecedented time of labor shortage. There are way more job openings out there than there are people to fill those jobs. Even as there's questions about the economy slowing down and different things like that, we're not seeing any slowdown in the hiring and the need for jobs. So as a business owner, when I'm thinking about benefits, I don't want to think about, you know, I've got to check the boxes to get the minimum requirements, but the bigger picture is how am I going to find and recruit the talent that I need for my organization to succeed, right? You know, they, they there was a study that was done recently that showed that job postings that have benefit information and talk about the benefits that are offered have a 22% better apply rate. That alone, just saying that you have benefits increases your chances significantly of people actually looking at that job posting, much less the retention side of it, right? Once you get them, how do you keep them? Because there are a lot of companies out there offering some very creative and high-class benefit solutions. So not just getting them, but retaining them is huge. And the cost of losing someone once you've hired them, any business owner knows there's a tremendous cost to hiring, onboarding, training, getting someone up, and then to lose them over not having the right benefits it's a shame. And if that happens, you've missed somewhere the investment that can help you with that retention and and recruitment side of the business. Yeah, I think that's a critical point you bring up. I think that oftentimes it's a short-sighted view of the cost of the benefits when you're not thinking about the cost to replace an employee. Mm -hmm. Retaining employees, spending money to improve their benefits, to improve their productivity, to improve their happiness in the office, on the job site, wherever they find themselves is a lot less than the cost of hiring a new employee, training that new employee, onboarding them, and hoping you made the right decision in there. And so I think for a business owner to think about the long-term effects of those decisions versus, hey, I'm going to spend a little bit up front here in a good benefits program to retain my quality people goes a long way. It's definitely an investment. I think about benefits as an investment, not necessarily as a cost. It's what am I investing to find and retain the talent that I want to have in my organization, right? And consequently, what are the benefits to my organization to having those people and retaining those people long-term? And and beyond that, you know, you mentioned workers' compensation insurance. Benefits is an interesting thing too, because companies who don't offer some form of employee benefits, where do their employees usually go when they have health concerns? Workers' compensation insurance, right? So, So the company's gonna get hit with the cost anyway. Workers' comp is a direct cost to the company, and the more your employees use your workers' comp insurance, the more claims you have, the more you're gonna pay in workers' comp insurance. So health insurance, I think, in a number of ways, truly is an investment not a not a straight cost. You're getting something definite in return for what you're investing there. 
Yes, that's a huge advantage for owners to think about when they're setting up health benefit plans. Because I think oftentimes when we talk to owners, you know, the comment is that it seems too expensive to do that. And then employees are left to go on the open market to get those benefits. Whereas in reality, in the long term, if you think about that spend, having benefits in-house actually is more advantageous to the business owner than not. Yeah. Well, and in some cases, you're going to pay the cost one way or the other, right? With the Affordable Care Act. Now, depending on the size of your company, if you don't provide some sort of benefits, you're going to pay a penalty for your employees going to the exchange. So depending on the size of your company, for small employers, not as big a deal. But again, there's that investment portion of what are you missing out on in terms of the talent you could be recruiting and retaining that you're not getting because you don't offer those benefits. Absolutely. Well, that takes me to setting up the benefits. What should business owners be thinking about when they're looking at the wide array of benefits? I mean, we've covered a number of topics already from workers' comp to health insurance, but what is it that you think about when you're setting up a benefit program? I think the biggest thing for business owners to care about when they think about setting up a benefits program is what do their employees care about? right? Again, it only gets you so far to check a box by saying, oh, we have benefits. If those benefits don't meet the needs of your employees, then it really is a sunk cost and you're not getting anything for that investment. So I think the the first thing to think about as an employer is what is it that my employees actually want and what is it that they need? What do they care about? So whether it's through surveying your employees or just talking to them, finding out before you implement a benefits program, hey, what is it you guys would want from a benefits program so that I make sure I get something that's meeting your need and actually is something that you want and want to use? Because again, the whole idea of an investment is I'm getting something in return for that. And if I'm just putting in a benefits program that no one really cares about, I'm really not going to get any, any return on that investment. I know here we've done a number of different surveys to find out what is meaningful in their lives and what is it that they want. And I've been impressed that the company's been able to react to those rather quickly and add benefits that are important. And that that keeps more people. I mean, I see our retention rates going up. The benefit space is an ever-evolving space, right? And, And just as the workforce is shifting a lot, as an organization, you have to be ready to quickly adjust and adapt in your benefits offering too, right? The, the health plan that you offered 20 years ago may or may not be meeting the needs of, your, of today's workforce, right? So I think it is something that's important, at least on an annual basis, to, to evaluate, to look at, and to talk to your employees about, to see is it getting, you know, is it checking their boxes for what they need to have happen? When I think about structuring a benefits program, really, it kind of falls into three buckets in my mind. There's three things that that typically employees really care about when it comes to benefits, and that's physical health, mental health, and then work-life balance. You know, SHRM and other groups have done surveys. Those are consistently the, the three areas that are of most concern to employees. So I think it's important when an employer is building a benefits program to think about all three of those areas, physical health, mental health, and work-life balance. And different areas of those are more important to different groups of people too, right? Which is interesting. Like in a survey that Sherm did, 88% of job applicants said that health, dental, and vision were what they were looking for in benefits. And, and in fact, would often take lower paying jobs if, it felt, if they felt like they got better health, dental, or vision insurance. But then you compare that with when they did the same study and looked at workers under 35, so younger generations coming into the workforce, their number one concern was mental health coverage. So less on the physical health side, the health, vision, dental, 
that was still important to them, but their biggest concern was mental health. And what are you doing to, to help my mental health and my work-life balance, right? So it's just interesting that different demographics of employees tend to have different primary concerns when it comes to benefits too. And balancing those three buckets is going to be unique to each business owner based on the makeup of their employees, really. Absolutely. And that, you know, I think you bring up a good point with mental health because that falls into the area of what, what I consider ancillary benefits, right? When people think about health benefits, they think about those three big ones. They think about health, dental, and vision, but they also don't think about the whole host of other services and products that typically are included with most of the medical benefit plans. Yeah, you know, dental health and vision are are kind of the easy go-tos, right? Every employee wants those and every every employee and their family need some degree of those. So they want that and they don't want to be surprised by the health insurance piece or the vision or whatever, but it's the other stuff that usually differentiates your plan from somebody else's plan, right? So it's usually when you get into the the ancillary benefits, the mental health coverage, your, your PTO plan, how you structure all of those, that really then gives you something to set yourself apart. If you say, yeah, everyone's offering health dental vision, right? So, so what's different about your company? Well, we're also taking care of these things too, right? And the beauty is for most employers, there's little to no cost associated with doing a lot of these extra things that really matter to the employees and and really doesn't carry any cost to the business owner for for the most part. And it it crosses boundaries a little bit too. Your, Your health insurance crosses over into your mental health insurance to some extent in that, are you covering my mental health visits? Are you covering you know, visits with therapists or visits with, with psychiatrists? Are you covering antidepressant drugs? Are you covering anti-anxiety drugs? Are you covering those things that are needed on the health side? But then you start to get into the ancillary side a little bit when you start talking about above and beyond that, do you offer an employee assistant program, right? That helps employees have an outlet when they're, when they're struggling. Are you offering employee recognition programs? Do you have addiction treatment coverage programs? Is addiction treatment covered in your health insurance, right? That's, that's a big deal for a lot of folks. And is your wellness program, you talk about wellness programs, right? It's, it's easy for people to check a box with the wellness program to say, yeah, you know, we, we did a biometric test and every once in a while we tech, check in and tell people to do more push-ups and don't eat so much bacon, right? We do that, but, but is your wellness program really a 360 wellness program that's looking at aspects of physical as well as mental health, as well as work-life balance and, and helping you know, happy, healthy, whole employees just do better work. That's that's what it comes down to. Healthy is part of it, but happy employees tend to do better work too, right? So I, I think that's a big deal. Well, it's such a big topic. I think oftentimes employees themselves kind of get lost in that and they look for ways to engage, but it may be more difficult. Do you have any recommendations for how to get the employees engaged? I mean, let's say you're a business owner and you've put in this great benefit program. I think there's keys to communication, to having champions throughout the organization. What would you say to a business owner that's put in a program that's not seeing a lot of uptake? Yeah, again, that's that final step in turning your cost into an investment. Because a lot of studies also show that even though employees have benefits, they don't understand them. They don't really even know what's included. So if you're going to spend the cost to have the benefit, get the full investment out of it by getting your employees engaged, right? And there's, there's a few different ways you can do that. Obviously, communication is key. 
it's not enough for a company to put out and say, yes, we have this benefit. There needs to be communication, whether that's through town hall style meetings, whether that's through webinars, educational programs, right? Emails, all of the above probably, to help employees understand what's included in their benefits, what's not. Did you know we have an employee assistance program? A lot of companies who have an EAP, their employees don't even know they have it. And so when they get in a tight spot or they're struggling with something, they don't realize there's resources there. So communication is key and regular communication. A mistake we find with a lot of of organizations is they'll communicate benefits information out when it's open enrollment time. And then that's the last you hear of it all year round. So any employees you have that start mid-year aren't getting that same information. Anybody who who maybe forgets what you talked about. It's important, I think, to have a regular campaign of communication. If you think about it, just like you would want, if you were doing a marketing campaign out to your clients, you'd want some regular contact and a regular drip of information. That same principle applies internally when you're communicating with employees about what benefits are available to them. Again, you're gonna pay the same either way as a business owner. You already bought the benefit, so you might as well get the investment out of it of having your employees use it and feel the benefit. That's where you get that retention. That's where you get that extra productivity that the employee gives for knowing that you care about them and have invested in them. So there's that communicating. You'll see a lot of companies communicate. uh, When they communicate their pay, you'll see more people are showing on their pay stubs or in their, their employee portals or whatever it is. Not only here's what your pay is, but here's what your total compensation is, including all of these benefits, right? So you see the additional investment that the organization's making in you as an employee. So yeah, it's not really, here's the few things you should do to communicate with your employees. It's all of those things. Every avenue you can take is a worthwhile investment to make in spending time communicating your benefits to your employees. I think that's a critical point about showcasing the things that you're doing to support your employees and your staff and your teams. That total compensation statement showing how much the company is spending on each employee and benefits is important because I think oftentimes that gets skipped over. If you've worked for companies that have always had benefits, you don't really think about that cost. You just figure that that's built in, but that is the employer spending a significant amount of money to make sure that the employees are well taken care of. I want to also go back to a comment before that I think is really a hot topic these days, and that's the work-life balance piece. I think we haven't yet kind of scratched into that piece. I hear a lot about work from home, hybrid work schedules, how much PTO is available. There are companies that now have these unlimited PTO plans, which sounds different than likely what it is uh, when you actually put it into place. So tell me a little bit about your philosophy on work-life balance and how, you know, how business owner can kind of approach that topic. Yeah, it kind of goes back a little bit to my philosophy that healthy, happy people make healthy, happy employees, right? It's just kind of how it works. And and work-life balance is a real thing. Burnout is a real thing, especially as the pandemic has shifted some some work to remote work and we're seeing more uptake in remote work. And then we've seen this kind of backlash a little bit that's like, oh, we thought we would like remote work, but it turns out we don't like it at all. A lot of that speaks to work-life balance. What we found with remote work a lot is that people actually were getting out much farther outside their work-life balance because it was hard to turn it off, right? When you go into an office, it's easy to say, yep, I'm here at eight o'clock and five o'clock I go home and I turn work off and then I'm with the family, right? So, but when you're working from home, it's hard to do that. You're like, yeah, it's 5.30, but I'll get this one more thing done. And next thing you know, it's 8.30 and you're like, oh, here we are another 12 hour day. 
And, and so work-life balance has become a real strong issue. And I think some of the factors that business owners need to think about as they're, they're trying to help their employees have healthy work-life balance, you know, the obvious one is your PTO plan. Are you providing sufficient vacation time, sick time, all of those things? But there's a lot of nuance that goes into that too. What are you doing in terms of maternity leave, in terms of paternity leave? One of the things that we've seen that's huge that I know we've done at BBSI is providing paid leave hours for volunteerism. We want our employees to be involved in the community. We want the community to know it's BBSI employees out there helping folks, right? And so providing paid volunteer time for them to go and volunteer for nonprofits of their choice is huge. I mean, it's a fulfilling thing. And again, fulfilled people are happy, healthy people that tend to be really good employees. And so you want that. And I think you need to think about all of that. There are, depending on your state, there's a lot of guidelines and requirements about family medical leave and what's paid and what's not and how much is offered. So you want to make sure for for the state that you're in and for the federal laws, you're covering that. But what are you doing, again, going back to your specific employees? What is it that really is important to your employees? And and your, your PTO program should reflect that. It should reflect the same important values that your employees have, the things they value should be important to you. And so you're reflecting that with your PTO program. An interesting part, you know, this can fall in a lot of buckets, but to me, it falls in the work-life balance bucket is retirement planning. Financial stress is a significant stress for most people and it impacts the work that they do. And if you're offering resources, not just offering a program, whether it's a 401k or an IRA or whatever, but offering Again, usually at little to no cost at all to the business owner, you can offer a lot of financial aid and and financial advice to your employees. There's a lot of groups that will do that as part of your benefits package to help them feel more comfortable with their financial situation, which is to me is a big piece of work-life balance, right? It's, It's hard to feel balanced in your work if you don't feel like your work is generating enough income for you to take care of yourself and your family and you don't see a clear path to that, that that's an issue. So, you know, as you think about retirement and financial advising and all of that, that to me kind of falls in that work-life balance almost as much as PTO and vacation and sick time and, and all of those things. That's another piece that I think business owners forget that it, it's not a tremendous outlay of cost up front to provide a lot of those plans to their employees. Mm-hmm. And it really does provide that stickiness when they are more comfortable. I, I had read a stat that a, a large percentage of Americans in this country are not saving for retirement at all. Right. And especially when I look at, you know, we work a lot in the, the you know, blue collar, gray collar industries there. You're looking at a lot of hourly labor. You're looking at a lot of folks that are really keeping the country together, providing the infrastructure, and they're not necessarily being cared for later on in life, right? They don't see a future where they could ever stop working or retire, and that makes it more stressful when you come to work every day. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, like you say, it's it's having that vision of, of there's something beyond this, right? At, at some point, it's not just going to be the nine to five grind every day. I'm actually building something that's going to be a future for me and for my family. And just that psychological shift from I'm here to punch a clock versus I'm here to build a future for my family really shifts the mindset of, okay, well, then how engaged are you when you're there and you're actually working? So I think, I think it's a big deal. 
So we talked a lot about those those three big pillars, physical health, mental health, and work-life balance. What would you recommend to a business owner who doesn't have any benefits right now and, and wants to get started? I mean, we provide quite a, a lot of services and support and tools for those owners. What would you say to those owners that are listening to this and saying, I, I really need to include some of those to help out my employees? Yeah. So I would say step one is talk to your employees, right? Talk to your employees, find out how how important benefits are to them and specifically what benefits are important to them. Because there's a lot of things out there. You, you know, do a little research and you'll find that there are a lot of avenues for providing benefits to your employees. Again, some carry a cost and usually some of the best ones have some cost associated, but I think it's typically more affordable than most business owners assume especially when you factor in the opportunity cost with the employees you're not able to recruit and you're not able to retain because you don't have those benefits. So talk to your employees, do a little research, see, you know, find out what's important to them, then do a little research, see what's out there on the market. And again, depending on your size, if you're a large employer, if you're depending on the state, 50 or more employees or 100 and more employees, depending on where you're at, you you're, you're going to be required to do this anyway, right? Otherwise, you're going to be paying penalties on the Affordable Care Act, which you might as well get the investment out of the benefits if you're going to pay money on it anyway. Yeah. So, so do some research and then talk to someone who knows what they're talking about, right? There are a lot of, of, of insurance agents out there who provide health benefits insurance who are very, very good at what they do and, and know the difference between going with you know, a self-funded plan versus a fully insured plan versus a level-funded plan and and versus going to the exchange, and we'll understand the pros and cons of that. BBSI has a host of different plans that we set up for our clients, depending on the needs of your specific employees, right? For some folks, a high-deductible plan is the way to go. For other people, uh, you know, a fully insured PPO plan is the way to go. And sometimes it's great to offer both benefits, right? If you have the option to offer both plans, because some of your employees like the high deductible, some of them like the fully insured, right? Same with the ancillary benefits. There are so many ancillary benefits out there. I mean, everything, you know, the typical dental vision, but there's there's life insurance, there's disability insurance, there's critical illness insurance, there's, you know, identity theft protection, all the way to pet insurance, right? We recently added pet insurance at BBSI because we had a high demand for it. A lot of people out there that love their pets. I know my dog, it's almost Christmas, and I think he's already eaten three ornaments off the tree, right? And I'm like, at some point, this is going to cost me something, <laughs> and I'm going to need, I'm gonna need to, to kick in the pet insurance. But if you're not talking to the BBSI team, at least talk to an insurance agent or an insurance broker that, that understands health plans and knows the differences. They can help guide you through that. The beauty of the BBSI team, of course, is that we're helping you on a holistic level where benefits is a piece of the pie, we're looking at the whole pie all the way from how do you find and recruit talent to how do you onboard and retain people to how do you manage the HR side of things, run the payroll, make sure your workspace is a safe, risk-free environment. We're going to look at it more holistically and say, okay, how do we use benefits as a tool then to help you succeed as a business owner, knowing we're looking at the employee life cycle all the way from beginning to end and looking at your business in terms of if you're over here, and want to get over there, how do we help you get there? And what piece does benefits play in helping you get there, right? Benefits aren't just there for benefits. They're there to help you as a, as a business owner accomplish something and help your employees as employees accomplish something. You just hit on one of the key reasons that we named this podcast, The Entrepreneurs. 
so often the business owners that we work with are doing everything on their own. They don't have anybody necessarily to go to. I mean, we always have said that, you know, being a business owner is one of the loneliest jobs in the world. You are responsible for making those decisions, for keeping your employees happy, for paying the bills, for growing the business, for, for so many things. And it's nice to hear that you don't have to do it by yourself. There are folks out there that can support you, that can help guide you to make those right decisions so that you can grow your business. And, and we always talk about success being prosperity. And I love that definition for business owners because it means something to different folks. That could be selling your business, that could be growing the business, that could be you know turning it over to a family member. And I just want the business owners out there to remember that you don't have to do it by yourself. There are tons of resources out there to help you. And this is just one aspect of those resources that can help you run a successful business. Yeah, you know, I having been a business owner, I didn't get into business to have benefits, right? Or, or to because I knew anything about employee benefits, frankly. I got into business because I was passionate about an idea or, you know, I was doing something that I, that I thought would be a benefit to people and that I could make a good living at. And, and so, yeah, you know, you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to be a specialist on benefits. There are a lot of folks who know a lot about it. Just make sure when you talk to folks that that you're getting options, right? That you're learning the options and you're learning what's out there. But do it so that you can accomplish what you want with your business. Use benefits as a tool to help your business prosper. Like you said, that pro- whatever prosperity means to you, benefits is a tool to help you get there. It's not the thing itself. It's not prosperity itself, but it's a tool to help you get to prosperity. Well, Daryl, this is this has been a fantastic conversation today. I think just really enlightening. And I'm hoping there's some business owners out there listening that are thinking, hey, there these are things that I need to add. Uh, whether you go with BBSI or you go with your insurance broker, talk to somebody about that because it will help you in the future. It will help you be more successful. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your thoughts today. No, thanks, Lauren. Obviously, I'm passionate about it. And I believe Benefits is how business owners show their employees that they care, right? It's the tangible proof that I care about you as an individual. And when you care about people, they do great work for you. So thanks for having me and giving me some time to talk about that. To all our business owners out there, thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're looking for more resources to support your business, visit our website at bbsi.com and subscribe to our monthly business owner newsletter, The BBSI Insider. We'd also love it if you'd subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss out on the latest insights from our BBSI business professionals.